everybody. It's your draft queens, Kate and Michelle, and uh, officially also your fantasy footballers, Kate and Michelle, because today we are we have week one in the books. We've done it. We have played our first week. And you know what, Michelle? There is nothing worse than the first week of fantasy football because, as we said last week, we have no crystal ball. But you know what? <laughs> we are here in week two, and there is nothing better than having played a week in, have a week in the books of the football season, see how your fantasy players are shaking out, because today... We've got a crystal ball. We've seen all of these people playing live. <laughs> We've seen all of these players. And so we can finally talk for real, for real, how to set our lineups for week two. Good morning, Michelle. How the heck are you? I, I think you just nailed it. You're right. Uh, the, the first week jitters are out of the way. Uh, we've definitely learned some things. We definitely had some exciting games to watch last week. Um, yeah, and now it just feels like fantasy is part of your regularly scheduled programming, which is just what we all hope and dream for um i yes. can happily report that i won i it was a household battle last week in week one and i beat my husband and i'm very happy about it oh well congratulations um i i had a, a lot of successes last week but um this fantasy league was not one of them i won pretty <laughs> much everything else but of course of course the team i draft for the draft queens fantasy league which is friends and family it's fun <laughs> it's something we can talk about on the mic um, I, I lost that league, but it's only because of my defense and my kicker. So honestly, I'm not that mad about it. My team no, you is solid. You can't get, you can't get mad about that. Like that's, that is that again, first week jitters, they're out of the way. Yes. It's fine. As you mentioned though, there are other things that you won last week. That's one right. of which was our survivor football pool. And that was incredible because 60% of people I think got kicked out in the first week. No. A bunch of non-survivors right there. I've never seen anything like it. So if you, <laughs> uh, let me take this back like one step. So if you listened to the show last year, um, you already know that Michelle and I do a Survivor League every year. And also on this show, we do a stupid little segment at the top called Just One Thing with Kate. And so uh -huh. Just One Thing with Kate is my moment to say something random, which I always do on the microphone anyway, <laughs> but we keep it we keep it tight to the beginning of the we episode. Celebrate we, no, cele we celebrate it. No, we celebrate it. We've turned it into a little baby segment because I've got to <laughs> have a place to let out my ADD, and it's going to be at the top of the show. Um, but my just one thing for this week was talking about our survivor pool. It's one of my favorite things that we do. Um, it's set up by a an old friend, and um, there's hundreds of people in this league, Michelle. There's like 450 people yeah, in this league, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a small league. It is pretty, it's pretty massive. Okay, so for those of you listening, I'm sure, I'm sure that this could be of interest. If you're, if you're a fantasy footballer, look into Survivor Leagues. Um, and basically, what happened this week is you pick a team and it's one and done, right? You pick a team and then you can never pick them again throughout the yep. rest of the weeks of the season. And the yep. aim is to be the last person at the end. You win the pot and you get all the money. And Which, uh, by the way, Kate and I were top three last year. So yeah, we're top three. we may not have a crystal ball, but we're pretty decent at Survivor. Yeah, we're not bad. We're not bad. So anyway, <laughs> all that to say, we've got one pick this year again because we don't go crazy like other people who have like six. No disrespect, but like... 
I, I don't have time for six picks. I'm not going, I'm not quadrupling, quintupling brain, down. Yeah, my brain, but between fielding fantasy teams and picking survivors, like my brain can only handle so, handle so much. No, Look, I've, I can't even talk. I've got, I'm already I've got three, three fantasy teams, two survivor pools. It's just too much. We do one, we and, do Super Bowl squares. Like, what And else? this podcast. That's why, that's why we do this podcast. And, Thank and God. And we do unnamed, <laughs> until we get an endorsement from these people, we're going to stop naming them. But, you know, unnamed <laughs> sports betting for sports books. So anyway, Survivor Pool this week, absolutely fucking wild. That is the just one thing that I wanted to bring up because 450 people were in the pool. Never in my life have I seen more than even like 10%, 20% of the pool knocked out ever. Right, This was right. 65% of the football pool, which leads me to believe that week one, as usual, and as expected as we get into it, is an absolute crapshoot. People are dusting off the cobwebs in the same way that we're setting our lineups for the first time. So these players were interesting to watch. Unfortunately, as you start the season, you know this, Michelle, um, the start of a new season and dusting those cobwebs off means that there are injury reports. And that's the first thing we'll get into today, talking about who's going to be off the field and uh, before we get into who to start to and who to sit. Uh, yes. In injury news. Um, oh boy, the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, hand injury out for the next handful of weeks. Um, no pun intended. Uh, gosh, there are just always so many memes about Cowboy fans, like how excited they are. And then, you know, like everything just falls to shit. It literally fell to shit in the first week. And I feel horrible for Cowboy fans. I feel horrible for the Cowboys, and I mostly feel horrible for Dak. He's obviously had injury issues in the past. We talked a lot about how we thought that, you know, he really needed to rise to the occasion this year. And wouldn't you know it, first game of the season, hand injury, out for for a number of weeks. I literally don't even know their backup's name. It popped up on a feed somewhere, and I was like, who? who? Huh? Yeah. Who mm-hmm. is that? So, yeah. anyway, Dak Prescott, injured, not great. Um, Elijah Mitchell, here's a name we talk about every season right. and a back, a backfield that really, really struggles. Uh, the 49ers, um, Elijah Mitchell down for the count has a, an injury that he needs to deal with. Um, George Kittle missed week one, has a groin injury. Keep an eye on him for week two. Um, Chris Godwin also handling, uh, a hamstring injury, uh, doesn't look like he'll be good for week two. Um, but keep an eye on it. And then I did read that there was a potential rib injury on Alvin Kamara. Not sure how serious that is. Um, do yourself a favor, double check all the rest of the injury reports, but, uh, Dak and Elijah Mitchell are the headlines here. Those are, Mm -hmm. those are some pretty big injuries, uh, in week one, uh, which probably is leaving, uh, are leaving many people scrambling to fill in those spots, which hopefully maybe Stardom Sidham will help you with that. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right and very appropriate that we're talking about Elijah Mitchell as we get into um, our first of four positions and breakdowns for Stardom Sidham. Let's start with 
running backs. And as a reminder, y'all, this drops on a Friday morning to set your lineups for the weekend. So if you're listening to this, you've already seen the Chargers-Chiefs game on Thursday night at 8.15, um, so there will be no Chargers-Chief chatter, but everybody else is fair game. So let's talk about running backs. And I I gotta say, Michelle, I really enjoyed, really enjoyed, and I do every year, um, actually watching Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt go to work. Um, one of the bigger things in watching that game week one that I took away was watch. I just love how they're still splitting time and also just how good Kareem Hunt actually looked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that as, as every year, both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are a great look and a great start. And I think it's going to be the same in week two. How do how do you feel? Yeah, I totally agree. It's I've really almost I, I don't think I've ever really seen a backfield quite like this one. Uh, they're both such strong runners. Yes. They both can coexist. Yes. To your point, they get the 50-50 split. I, I've just never really seen anything quite like that. And so in, in our Draft Queens League, I actually drafted Nick Chubb and then forgot I drafted Nick Chubb and got Kareem Hunt in a later round, which I was kind of pissed at myself about, but also... Not that bad. I, they can they coexist real nicely. I remember you saying that after the draft, and I was like, "Don't don't sweat. Like that's okay. It's all right. <laughs> you, you good. You good. You're okay." Because I think they're both going to deliver, and it's and and they are, and even more so in week two because the Cleveland Browns are playing the New York Jets, and yep. the cheat code. For those of you entering our podcast, is play anybody <laughs> against the Jets. Play anybody yes. against the Jets. Play anybody against the Jets. So <laughs> that role still stands for your draft queens. Um, so I think they look particularly good this week. Is there anybody that you're thinking of starting, Michelle? Uh, I really thought that Javante Williams looked awesome in uh, in the Broncos game last week. Obviously, that one was a nail-biter and did not turn out the way the Broncos had hoped. Yeah. However, Javante looks good. There was, you know, he was really strong for them last season. There was a lot of excited chatter going into this season. And so far, he's living up to it. So uh, he looked good. I think that the Broncos are only going to get stronger um and props to you if you have him on your roster because you want to put him in your lineup for sure yeah now that was a fun game and I was surprised also by uh the Seahawks looking pretty okay with Geno Smith at the helm can we talk about that for a second speaking of the Jets we can we can and should talk about that I am just so I'm just not sure like was that a fluke because I think it was yes. a fluke. I think it was okay. a fluke as well. I just want to <laughs> I want to clear the record because I think people are are hitting the waivers and they're like, ah, we got to pick I up I got to get everyone Smith. on the Seahawks. Like, yeah, no, I, no, no. I, no. Don't pick up Gina Smith. Don't, don't, please, no. Not yet. No. D- don't get the, don't get the, don't, don't conflate don't, yeah. that with being good. Yeah. Don't pick up the random uh, tight end that caught a touchdown pass that you've never fucking heard his name. Like, stop. Everybody, slow your roll. We're going to talk it, more about that. It, <laughs> it was extra aggressive of a game. Look, this was this was clearly the city of Seattle is... I, I When the game was being played, I was like, they're like scoring lovers. They're so upset that Russell Wilson is not on the team anymore. No. Rightfully so. That they're like scoring lovers. So like they were, I think that's what gave them a bit of the edge and a bit more of the, you know, energy in that game was to beat Russell. And they did in a wild game. I mean, look, truth be told, the Broncos should have won that game. They yeah. fucked up like four times in the red zone. 
So to your point, everybody pump the brakes. I understand that Geno Smith and the Seahawks won week one, but please don't go to your waiver wires and pick everybody up from their team. That is a no-no. Honestly, yes. And I was so (laughs) surprised. Like, thank God that they don't allow fire in stadiums because I could just see all the Seahawks fans like with giant, like, uh, tiki torches, like, hum, they they, they wear blood. It was so loud. I was watching the, I was watching the game live. Could not hear the announcers half the time because yeah. the stadium, the Hawks Nest, was explosive. So anyway, yeah. all of that to say, I think it's a fluke. I think it's a week one thing. I think it's a cobwebs thing. And I think it's really hard to play in Seattle, especially if you're Russell Wilson. So you're not wrong. Uh, the the only other person I would t- to to mention here before we get into sits is we we had Jeff Wilson Jr. on our waiver wire yep. Wednesday post. Um, I do think that he's a good snag considering Elijah Mitchell is out. I will also say maybe proceed with caution and temper your expectations. I understand if you had Elijah Mitchell, you need a backup. Jeff Wilson's going to be the guy, but there's also some other factors there. Debo Samuel acts as a running back and a wide receiver. So it's a good waiver wire pickup in my opinion, but also temper your expectations is what I would say about Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah, if you need to hedge your bets, I think that's a really good call because funny enough, who are the 49ers playing for week two? The Seattle Seahawks. So it's going to be ah. another hometown rivalry and we'll just have to see um, how that shakes out. But I agree with you for Jeff Wilson Jr. Now, I've got a little bit of a pickle because oh, I, in terms of running backs, I'm really struggling with this player. Um I don't know how to hedge my lineup. I All have right. in in our draft queens league. I have Travis Etienne Jr. Or yes, Tra- uh, does he have a junior on his name? Travis Etienne. I don't know. I don't know. First, I don't know. Maybe I'm just he might saying be a that because of just Jeff Wilson Jr. I don't know. <laughs> I'm having a stroke. Um, Travis Etienne on the. I'm having a stroke. The Jaguars. Oh the Jags. Are you please, okay? Please help me. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm like pulling up your team to make sure I can double check no, and help no, you out over just here. Just don't even just, just listen to me. Please listen to me. Just know that from time to time I'm having a stroke. Okay. okay. So Travis Adian, who is on the Jags, is uh, I was between in my uh, different, you know, in the different leagues that I am in, I was hedging yeah. between Travis Adian and also his backup who was tenuous for the first game of the season yeah, and ended yeah. up playing, and that's James yeah. James Robinson, who looked awesome for week one, and he's sitting on my bench, and here I am, Michelle, being like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen on the Jaguars? Do you have a feeling about starting versus sitting? I was leaning towards sitting and more because uh, exactly what you just said. I think James Robinson sort of stole the show a little bit. And I just, you know, when the when the number two guy shows that much of a potential, the next game he might see more snap counts. In which case, mm. like, it's not to say that, like, I, I'm down and out on Travis Etienne for the rest of the season. I'm just saying he was outshone and... If the Jags want to continue to grow James Robinson, they very well may do that, which means you're just going to get a little less production from ATN. So sure. I was leading, I was leaning towards a sit for him this week, given that, and more of like a maybe you just got to wait and see how that goes. Yeah, I um I I'm hedging between the two, but I could see based on last week, James Robinson looked very good. He looked very good out there. Right now, they're pretty much neck and neck, so it might be like a by-committee thing, but we'll just have to see. Travis Etienne Jr., James Robinson, might be sick this week. Who knows? 
Who knows? Who knows? Could be. No crystal ball, but definitely, uh, you know, in these first few weeks, the sort of number one, number two thing could, uh, you know, could shake out. Not everyone is the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, you know, That's perfectly right. matched duo in the backfield. Uh, and, you know, that you just got to keep an eye on it. So right. um, speaking of not the perfectly matched backfield, uh, a lot of people were really high on Damian Pierce. Yes, hugely. Um, I, I read about it a lot. I heard him spoken about on shows and, and other podcasts. And, you know, to me, I sort of signed off as soon as I knew that he was on the Texans because I was, like, not interested in anybody on the Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I think I'm right. It, I think it's the Rex Burkhead, Burkhead show over there for the time being. I'm not so... Look, I'm not suggesting go run there and pick up either one of these guys, you know, either. But if you were high on Damian Pierce at the beginning, you probably weren't super thrilled with how things went last week. And frankly, I don't know that you'll be happy going forward. So I'm... I'm putting him in the sit category. Okay, I'm, I'm with you He's there. probably only a couple of weeks away from a drop if it if it stays that way. I think this one remains to be seen, but I think you're right for week two. Damian Pierce being a sit, totally comfortable with that. Um, also curious, also just very, very curious. And I don't want this to get lost on anyone because very important at this moment for our first game of the entire season was the Los Angeles Rams. I'm just keeping an eye on our guy Cam Akers and see how Ugh. the heck he's doing. That whole game was a total Ugh. mess for the Rams. It was. And it was shocking. So, uh, again, proceed with caution just for a hot second while the Rams get it together and hopefully Matt Stafford heals his Tommy John elbow and hopefully that team just ramps it back into high gear. But. What a disappointment from the Rams, except for Cooper Cup, obviously. Except for Cooper Cup. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Cam Akers was one of my keepers from last season. I was very excited about it. Um, I knew that there were some potential like light injury issues that he dealt with in the offseason, but it seemed as though he was ready to rock. Um, there's a lot of swirl around after this game that he's just not playing with any urgency. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I agree with that. He was not playing with urgency. I also agree that the Rams kind of just got their asses handed to them by Buffalo. So hopefully they all step it up. Um, But so far, not feeling great about Cam Akers. My hope is that, um, you know, by by Sean McVay saying he needs to play with a little bit more urgency, it's just a way of lighting a fire underneath his ass to do what they know he can do. Um, But it just may take a couple of weeks. Yeah, I agree. we'll see. Um, I also, okay, let's stay on that thread for just a second here as we're talking okay. about the Rams and Matt Stafford. Let's, let's transition to quarterbacks here. I want to talk about some of the, uh, some of the staples in the league. I want to talk about Stafford, who's the returning, returning Super Bowl champ. I want to talk yep. about Russell after that loss to the Seahawks we just talked about. And I want to yep. talk a little bit about Tom Brady. Um, I mean, I think that this week, and you had written this in our notes, which I think is a really good point. That all three of those guys, despite most, you know, most openers for the season, they're going to be against either a hometown rival or there's going to be some sort of meat on the bones to those games. As we get into week two, we've got some mismatches potentially, and these couple of guys could go off. Now, are you starting some of the folks, Russell Wilson, are you starting Matt Stafford? Are you starting Tom Brady, given their performances last week? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I yes, you are. Um, Russell will will cook. Don't worry about it. Yes, they lost, but he'll he'll get it figured out. Also, they're playing Houston this week, so I think that's an incredible matchup for him. Same for Stafford. They have some kinks to work out after that first game, but they have Atlanta this week, so that's really good news for them. Um, Brady, here's the one thing I'll say about Brady. 
Um, those other two guys are 100% starters for me. Brady is like a 95% for me. And here's the reason why. The Saints, it's a good matchup, and I don't think the Saints are that good. However, the Saints have strangely always had Tom Brady's number, so you just need to be aware of that. Like, he he hasn't fared as well against them as he should, even though the Bucks are a better team than the Saints. But they've mm. had his number, so be aware of that. Um, I, he's a 95% start for me, but just... Be aware of that. <laughs> well, here's one more in that case. Here's one more. And this is a guy who we just can't get enough of talking about on this show. <laughs> Mr. Aaron Rodgers playing the playing the Chicago Bears who, holy shit, week one, I've never seen such rain, first of all. That was like yeah. a total wash. I think that I had Cole Komet, and we're not talking about tight ends, but I had Cole Komet on my team, and I don't think he got a single target. I think it was a total wash. So poor Bears, as always, the butt of every joke. Um Aaron Rodgers, I think he's probably a start this week and and is due for a bounce back. We've talked about this offline or off the air, but on the air, I think it's worth saying. A mismatch against the Bears and Aaron Rodgers coming off of a loss week one, I think it's got to be a total bombshell. Yeah, I I can't imagine that he's gonna lose another game I in in a row. Um, look, Minnesota's good. They I I we talked about this on our pre yes, right. on our preseason episodes. Like Minnesota's gonna be a force to reckon with this year, and they're they're the one that's gonna put up the biggest fight against Green Bay. And guess what? In week one, they said we're here to fucking play, and they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. This I think uh, week two will be a bounce back week for Aaron Rodgers. Um, they play against Houston. Uh, I believe that Alan Lazard is meant to return. So that's sort of his trusty uh, wide receiver out there. I I just, look, I don't think there's a way that Aaron Rodgers loses two in a row to start the season. And I definitely don't think they lose to the Bears. So uh, I think think bounce back week um, Mm -hmm. for him. Now, Um, for for those of whom don't who don't have a tenured top 10, top 12 quarterback, depending on your league, Um, I know, especially with the loss of Dak and some other quarterbacks who just aren't quite up to snuff, if people are looking to stream a new quarterback, um, who are you looking at? I've I've got one or two people on my short list. I'm curious for yours. I am... I was impressed with Carson Wentz and the Commanders last week. Yeah. I think they looked. I think they looked really tight. Um, they played Detroit this week, who also looked decent last week. But still, it's Detroit. I think it's a good matchup for Washington. And yeah, I was pleasantly surprised at how Carson looked. I think he's one of those guys in fantasy that probably went undrafted in very many leagues because people just weren't sure how that was gonna go. And he's also look. I mean, he's not. He's not. Brady, but he's not terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he sort of sits in that weird middle range. And I think the move over to Washington um, just left people with some uncertainty, but I think he looked really good um, last week, uh, you know, and he's got some good guys to throw to. So I, I like him this week versus Detroit. Um, and I like him if you lost Dak, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that call. I also have my eye as every year, uh, I've got my eye on the Raiders, uh, who actually ah, yeah. Derek Carr and Devontae Adams connecting was just so in- so great to watch as like <laughs> old boys from college, Fr- Fresno State. Um, fun to watch them week one. They barely lost to the Chargers. I want to see what that team's got in store. So I-, I agree, though, also with Carson Wentz. 
And uh, speaking on the commanders, let's keep talking about the commanders because I've got a big bet to make on wide receivers right now. Um, I want to talk about someone I streamed off the waivers and is a little bit of a boomer bust, but it's worth mentioning to the people. And that is uh, Jahan Dotson, who has Mm. scored twice in his NFL debut for the commanders last week, uh, is Mm -hmm. going up against the Lions in week two. And, uh, you know, I would be, I've got him on my bench. I've got him as a sit, but if you want to sit yeah. and stash, um, I'm just curious to see what the commanders have in store. So throwing out the name Jahan Dotson, but anyone else on the commanders, Michelle, that, you know, you're looking at, you think might be a start. Yeah. I mean, I, I like where your head is at. I think he really had a friggin', well, I mean, not, I think he had an insane, you know, first, first game out there. Um, I also think that Curtis Samuel, uh, seems to be finding a groove for sure. Um, with, with Carson Wentz as well. He obviously has been in the league for a handful of years, whereas Jahan is still, um, a rookie. So, you know, if you're looking at both of these guys, it's really just coming down to, you know, experience at this point. But yeah, I mean, I like both of those guys. There's, there's a few mouths to feed over there. I mean, look, you also have Terry McLaurin on that team. And so arguably more of the defense is going to focus on him, which frees these guys up for some more looks. And as you said, they have Detroit this week. Detroit let up a lot of points last week. Um, and so I think uh, the commanders should uh, roll. And I like both of those wide receiver calls. Totally. And it feels like a, it, it literally is like a change of guard with Carson Wentz at the helm. So yeah. um, looking back at previous, it, it's interesting to watch less of Terry McLaurin and, I know running back, but less of Antonio Gibson and then pivoting to some of these different Curtis Samuel this has been around for a bit, but even a Jay yeah. Dotson, very interesting to watch. Um, yeah. Speaking of old relics, similar to Curtis Samuel, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about our guy, Julio Jones, former Titan, former Falcon, now a Buccaneer. I mean, he didn't look bad last week. He did not look bad. This is now, okay, take this with a grain of salt. Um, but uh, there, there is something about playing for Tom that just brings out the best in people. And I, sure. will make a, I will make a comparison here, and it's more about <laughs> the majority of the season, but not how it ended. When Antonio Brown joined the Bucks, we talked so much about how his p- level of play was up, Tom was like in his head and in his ear. He For was, sure. you know, making him look like the the Antonio Brown of years past. Now, of course, we all remember he had a complete and utter meltdown at at uh, <laughs> against the Jets. Took off his jersey, threw everything, retired. Okay, so it's not the best example, but you get you get what I'm saying here. I do. And I, I I see something similar with Julio Jones and Tom, where Tom sees the value in Julio and vice versa. Julio needs that uplift that he just was not getting, you know, for the last couple of seasons. Tom is the guy that can help him. Um, he had five targets for three receptions, 69 yards. They also used him in a few run plays. He looked fresh. He looked fresh. They were u- utilizing him. He looked, you know, ready and 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 excited. And Chris Godwin's going to be out. So uh, with Godwin out, you know, that opens up a lane for... Um, for Julio, uh, you can't you can't undervalue the need for Tom Brady to throw the ball 
to at least two or three people. And right now, with Chris Godwin out, with Gronk not coming back, knock on wood, hope he comes back, would be fun. But, um, (laughs) you know, with, like, the Cameron Brates of the world, there's got to be a wide receiver, too, to throw to. And after watching Julio Jones march down the field, a 45-yard-ish layout catch, the guy's back. We didn't see it last year with the Titans. We didn't see it at the tail end of the Falcons. So yep. it's really good to see him connecting with a quarterback who gets it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I I think this is one of those all ships rise situations. Brady, you know, Mike Evans and Julio Jones working together. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's one of those those moments. And yes. uh, I, I, I like him. I personally picked him up because I have Chris Godwin and he might be a good one for me to plug and play this week. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, who do we hate? Who do we hate? Who are we sitting? <laughs> I mean, I'm having another internal crisis because, again, it's only week two, but I, I've got my <laughs> you wide can't receiver. Have, I, wait, hang on. Time out. I can't have my co-host having internal crises this early in the season. Talk uh, to me. What do we got to get through I have crises 365 days a year, Michelle. <laughs> like, this is not a surprise. We all know this if you listen to the show. I've got a crisis every week. Um, all right. But don't don't call me the Let's the get through the fantasy wolf. crisis. Yeah. So this crisis... <laughs> is around one of my first draft picks this year. Mr. C.D. Lamb loved, loved, loved watching him last Uh, year. Really feeling absolutely gutted uh, from the wide receiver realm to see Dak go down because part of C.D.'s value is having Dak Prescott. They get uh, each other. Watching them is like watching magic happen. Um, It's it's not going to happen for the next six to eight weeks. It's just not going to happen, is it? Oh, I can't do anything else other than make that grunt, grunting the, noise the for noise you. Of I just, the noise just of a crisis. The noise of a crisis. I just feel so... You're right. It's like we said about Dak. It, it's... it's who is the backup? I literally don't even know his name. It's just like in this situation, you can't even say, hey, backup guy, like, uh, you know, <laughs> let C.D. Lamb step up to the plate. Because like, what's going to happen? Oh, man. Yeah. OK. I understand your crisis now. It's, now now it's I the see. Same, it's the same as every single time that this happens to a quarterback. And we all get our hopes up and we all say, you know, the our knight in shining armor is going to be the QB2 stepping in and leading the team to victory, where in reality, here's a secret. It's not going to happen. It's not. Ugh. So the backup is is Cooper Rush? Yeah, I don't know. See, this is where this is where I Ugh. this is where I spiral into crisis mode again. Like I don't even want to talk about it. I just I feel really bad for CD Lamb. I feel yeah. bad for the Cowboys. I genuinely do because usually they get hurt late in the season. At least they had a couple yeah. games to watch, right? Um this right. is week 1. It's a real big bummer. I'm not quite sure what to do with CD. Obviously, a very valuable wide receiver across the board. Totally. But maybe this isn't the week to start him, just to see what uh, happens yeah. with this uh, this QB two. Very well could be the case. He's obviously not a drop candidate, but uh, his his stock definitely has uh, plummeted, unfortunately. Yeah, too bad. Oh well, so sad for me. We'll see. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Well, speaking of pass catchers, maybe there's something here that can help you out if you have CD Lamb and you're in Kate's situation. Hooray. There are there are other folks on the field that will be catching the ball other than wide receivers. Those are known as the tight ends. Uh, a couple of starts that we can mention here. 
Pat Fryermuth starting the season the way that he ended last season. He's leading the targets uh, for the Steelers. He is sort of their go-to guy over there, um, even more so than some of the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know what? He's uh, he's kind of old reliable. Um, and look, you know what? Uh, if 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 you need someone catching touchdowns and you don't have someone like C.D. Lamb, at least you can maybe plug in a, a tight end like Pat and and get some points on the board for fantasy. Yeah. You know, I don't want to rub this in anybody's face, but I just want to do a quick look back at uh, you know a couple weeks ago when we did some of our um, some of our bets for the season. Michelle, my big bets on the Steelers. It's still on the Steelers after still, seeing them. Still this on week. the Steelers. Okay, yeah, absolutely okay. still on the Steelers. Loved watching them play. Loved watching them week one and actually pulling out a W. It was a lot of fun to watch them win against the Bengals. Absolutely shocking. Absolutely and shocking. The, and the good news, side note, to uh, on, on the Pittsburgh front is Najee had a bit of a foot injury situation happening week one, but sounds like he is all good for week two. Yes. So that's good for, your, for the Steelers right there. All good for week two. Um, here's another potential flyer if you're looking to stream a tight end here. Um, somebody who is on waivers in all three of my leagues is Mr. Taysom Hill on Mm. the New Orleans Saints. Now, um, I watched a bit of that game, of course, dancing around the different channels, trying to figure out what to watch and when, uh, (laughs) but I watched a little bit of that game against the Falcons, uh, given that it's the Falcons take it with a grain of salt, but, uh, Taysom Hill did have a couple snaps out of the Wildcat. And if you don't know Taysom Hill, he is not only a tight end, but he's also a quarterback. So yeah. to be very clear, I would not I would not recommend drafting him as your starting quarterback or anything to that effect. But I would strongly recommend, as a little bit of a cheat code, uh, to potentially, if you're in a pinch, maybe pick him up, maybe put him in your tight end slot. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's def- that is definitely the definition of a cheat code, a guy that you can put in the tight end position, but maybe he'll take a few snaps and throw a touchdown pass. Who the hell knows? Maybe he'll throw one to himself. He's he's a quarterback <laughs> and a tight end. You, you never know what's going to happen. You never know. You never, you never know. Definition of a cheat code, Taysom Hill. So cool. Uh, so cool. Not a crazy idea, ladies and gentlemen. Not a crazy idea. Um, one other uh, tight end just to throw out there that uh, potentially has some upside, um, Hayden Hurst on the Bengals. Um, I know that T. Higgins uh, had suffered a concussion in week one. It appears he will be okay for week two and has cleared um, all of the concussion protocols. However, that got me thinking um, that, you know, someone like a Hayden Hurst could see some upside if T. Higgins is out. If T. Higgins is in, he also could see some upside. Again, there's a lot of um, folks for Joey B. to throw the ball to. He arguably um, did a lot of throwing week one many of which he threw to the other team, but he also almost had 400 passing yards. So they throw the ball a lot, which means there's upside for a guy like Hayden Hurst over there. Yeah, and we know that Hayden Hurst also is good, but it's the curse of the Falcons. I mean, he just had a really rough (laughs) season the previous couple seasons because he was on the Falcons. So uh, it's nice to see a fresh start from Hayden Hurst and uh, actually have an upside with him starting in your lineup. That is very true. I would agree. Um, Pass catching tight ends that we don't like, that we feel we should sit this week. Um, I'll throw one out there to start and let me know how you feel on this yeah, one. Sure. Um, OJ Howard uh, on the on Houston. This is one of those things like I was saying with the Seahawks. Everybody calm down. He caught he caught some touchdowns. Everybody calm down. Like, don't race to your waiver wires to pick this guy up, okay? Like, chill out. Don't get that cute this early in the season. 
I, I'm not interested in, in OJ Howard, but I know how people operate. And frankly, sometimes I do the same thing. You like watch a game, you see someone catch a touchdown. This guy catches two touchdowns and you're like, oh my God. I know. I, I, made, the, I made the worst decision. I didn't draft OJ Howard. Like what's wrong with me? It Relax. No. Relax. 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 Just relax. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of those happening. Like Gerald Everett is another. There's uh, uh, Duvernay, the wideout on Baltimore. Yes, that's it's a like, great one. Re- everybody relax. Everyone relax. <laughs> there are there are a couple of these guys. I got a little trigger happy uh, in, when I was <laughs> I was stashing. Uh, I mean, I just talked about him, Jahan Dotson. I got a little trigger happy with that, and then I and then I calmed myself down. But it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It can get fun. But you're right. Like, don't get too cute. Remember, don't get too cute. Don't get spooked. If you've got like an actual decent, per- like don't don't if get crazy with good, the waivers. Yeah, if you've got like a good tight end. Don't drop him for O.J. Howard no, because O.J. Howard had two touchdowns. 100%. Also, speaking of guys you shouldn't drop, but you should proceed with caution. Yes. Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox did not mm. have a great first game. I just, I, look, he's not a he's not like a dump him kind of guy, but I'm just putting him on the, putting a little caution tape around him. I would not, I think I would not dump him. I would not no. dump him. But yes. A lot of the a lot of these guys just didn't have a great first week as a byproduct of it being the first week. So fair. I do agree with you though. Don't drop the guy. Probably sit the guy. But I do. I, I personally, after seeing the Bills massacre the Rams, I want to. <laughs> I want every piece of the Bills that I can get this year. <laughs> fair. So fair. Maybe we maybe we wait on him and just see how things shake out. Um, but it's eye. it's gonna be as a Titans fan, I can say this: it's gonna be a hell of a bloodbath uh, with the Bills stomping all over the Titans this week. So we'll just we'll wait and see what happens. <laughs> Eek! Let's not. We don't want to. Where we are full steam ahead, looking at the future for the Titans. We are not looking back at Week One, and we will not talk about any of it on the show. <laughs> nope, we won't. As well as any other teams that missed their final point because of a kicker, of which I can think of three right off the bat. Well, that's what I was gonna say. In it, one parting thought before we do our our, our bet of the week here, um, last week was all about kicking. How many field goals were missed? I can't believe that we had a tie in the first week. I still I could go on a whole tangent about this. I hate fucking ties in professional sports. They should not Ridiculous. exist. Ridiculous. Let them. Pl- you got a sudden death. Like keep playing. No please. one Somebody can tie. Somebody has to be a winner. Play until your fucking legs fall off. You could play all night. <laughs> exactly. I don't care. I I don't care. You're getting paid millions of dollars. Exactly. I couldn't agree more, but boy, were there a lot of insane nail biter down to the wire kicker situations in week one. Not fun. Holy shit. Really not fun. <laughs> and really, just really, really not fun for a lot just of really, us. Really, really not fun. All right. We're going to move along because that is not a fun topic. In other news, a fun topic, DQ bet of the week. Um, mine sucked last week. J.D. McKissick did not score a touchdown, and I was feeling high and mighty about that one, but I guess that's how it goes with bets. You really psychologically convince yourself that you've got it right and you're going to win, and I didn't. So, hey, whatever. I-, I shot my shot. The odds were good. He didn't get in. All right, kill me. Okay. Anyway, this week, this week, we talked about him a little bit before. Chris Godwin is out. The Bucks are playing the Saints. I like the connection I'm starting to see with Julio Jones and Tom Brady. I would like to put in a Julio Jones longest reception uh, for that 
game. That's wow. where I'm at. Wow. Okay. All right. And how would you recommend that the people place said bet if they're going into their app of choice? Are you thinking like this is just a regular old prop bet and you put your money I'm on taking- Julio? I mean, look, I'm probably taking this one as just a straight player prop. Um, There's probably some other interesting ones that you could parlay on that. Maybe you think it's the longest touchdown reception. Maybe you think he gets the longest reception and a touchdown. It depends. I get really click happy, so I start to do parlays. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, look at... And then guess what? It's just... it's, It's too many. So I'm trying to, you know, zen it out on my bets and keep it simple Julio Jones, longest reception. Okay. Yes, I love it. And I'm going to do a a quick translation for those of whom are new to the betting game that a prop bet is just placing one bet on one thing. In this case, a player prop placing one bet on a player for longest reception. You can do that. To Michelle's point, if you want to take that bet and then parlay it, that means you're stringing together different singular bets to turn into one big bet. So you're betting on multiple things Usually that's to exponentiate your payout, but you can bet on Julio Jones' longest reception. You can bet on, you know, pick out Dawson Knox' longest reception. Don't do that, but Dawson Knox' longest (laughs) reception for the Bills. You can string that together with uh, Javante Williams' touchdown for the Broncos. Like, if you put those three player bets, uh, player props into a parlay, then you make all the money so uh you heard it here though for this week it's Julio dang- jones it's longest dangerous. reception player prop love it that's that's what i'm thinking but we'll see what happens no crystal ball don't at me i'm just that's what i think hey well that's why it's betting because uh <laughs> if we were supposed to win the house wouldn't exist anyway that is true okay michelle we have done it we are here at the end of this week two episode of stardom Sidem. um before we sign off, anything else that you would like to impart upon our wonderful DQDs? Oh, thank you all for listening. Hopefully your week one jitters are gone. Uh, set those lineups, feel good about it, pop a beer, and hit us up anywhere and ask us questions if you still have some. Yeah, don't forget to ask us questions. We are around. We love hearing about how your lineups are doing. Um, so drop us a line at the Draft Queens on Instagram or at the underscore Draft Queens on Twitter. If you've got questions, we answer them. We are on our social channels, so we answer your lineup questions. Please hit us up. Um, and if you don't already, if you want weekly Draft Queens updates, smash that follow button uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We've got new episodes every week, every Monday and Friday morning at 8 a.m. Um, and you can follow us for free on anywhere that distributes podcasts. That's Apple Music, Apple Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, but it's confusing (laughs) because Apple Apple. has two apps. Go to the podcast one, Uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Tune in every Monday and Friday. Uh, Michelle, we've got a big show on Monday morning. Uh, It's the huddle, and we're talking about the biggest headlines across all sports, including football, uh, dropping Monday morning. So tune in, and until then... Pop a beer and set those lineups like Michelle said. Have a great week, too, of fantasy football, everybody. Bye.